Welcome, everyone, to the non-productive's Late to the Party rewatch of the modern cult classic and Disney Channel original cartoon, Gravity Falls, the only show with an inconsistent number of fingers and also is the award-winning cartoon show created by Alex Hirsch, starring a lovable cast of characters and their encounters with the wild, wacky, and weird supernatural creatures of Gravity Falls. This week, we're going to be looking at episodes 6 through 10. I have a question about... Um... Uh, the only show with characters that have three to six fingers uh, by Alex Hirsch. It, does he have another show where everyone has a consistent number of fingers? No, it's the only okay. show known. Are, are there other animators who've made shows with characters that have three to, between three to six characters? We didn't look it up. We, so, wow. I did All right, look it up, great. and it doesn't seem like there are, though. Oh, hey. So they either have three or they have five. Oh, Good to know. So here Good. in Gravity Falls, they have four or they have five depending on what looks better on their hands theoretically someone has six right doesn't the journal yeah, book have yeah, six, hands? Mm, six, six fingers so maybe it's all part of the plot interestingly <laughs> enough every filmation and uh cartoon in the 80s all the characters had only two fingers so wait what you're saying james is that whoever the journal author is killed anigo montoya's father <laughs> Apparently. Because everyone with six fingers killed Inigo Montoya's father. Yeah, they well, actually listen, have a Listen, he spent club. a long time looking for that guy, so I have to imagine. He should have just gone to a tailor and said, hey, did you make any weird gloves lately? And boom, he's got a list. Anyway, back to Gravity Falls. Uh, so episode six, uh, Dipper versus Manliness. Uh, this is one of my favorite episodes. This is actually one of the first episodes I saw out of the entire series. Um, actually, has guest star appearances from Alfred Molina. As the, uh, the, oh god, what's the name of the giant bear thing? Oh, the multi-bear. Uh, multi-bear. 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 Yeah. Well, let's talk specifically about this episode's, like, monster problem of the week and go from there. So we have the, not the multi-bear, but the Manotars. Manotars? Yeah. As soon as I saw that thing on screen and I knew that the problem was Dipper was worried that he wasn't getting uh, chest hairs, I was like, he's worried about his manliness and there's a Minotaur. It's a Manotaur. <laughs> I knew what it was and that's, that's beautiful. It's just beautiful. Manators. Uh Yeah, so yeah, this is a problem. This is actually kind of branches off of where we, we're already getting a little bit of character development. Uh, Dipper is afraid he ain't man enough, uh, and he also is crushing hard on Wendy. So to be more of a man, he's going to have to court the Manators somehow? Or put his hand in the pain hole? Yeah, that was a... What's in the pain hole? Pain. It's a Flash Gordon reference. Oh my god, it, my, yeah. yeah. Yeah, it could be. Uh, it's I like it. I like uh, that this is um, a very real problem that a young kid might have, uh, and a very ridiculous way to face that problem. It's it's Dipper versus toxic max- masculinity. Boo! We don't like that because mm-hmm. it, it deprives him of some of the things that he likes, and it takes him to like go. F- and he goes out there and he go and he, and he fights a multi bear, like a bear made of many bears. Many mm-hmm. bears. But the multi-bear just wanted to listen to his favorite song, which was Swedish, Swedish pop sensation Baba. Yeah. And it's like, you like Baba too? <gasps> so who Dis- is that joke written for? Disco There's no girl. way the kids know who Abba is. <laughs> and even their parents would be like, yeah, that's something my parents would listen. Or who is, like, grandparents who are watching kids? Is that the way we're writing cartoons now? That I would like be genius. Abba. Yeah. I liked Disco Girl. I don't know. This is a very weird series of flexes. Great. <laughs> and, and you're saying that the multi-bear was voiced by Alfred Molina? Yeah. Satipo from Raiders of the Lost Ark? Yeah. Wow. 
What about the um, the B plot for the episode, which is uh, it's my focusing favorite. on Mabel? Oh, go ahead. It's my favorite B plot, actually. I love this B plot. Where it's just trying to get Grunkle Stan to go on a date, like just trying to clean him up. It's like, and as Dipper's going through the manly montage, they're going like, "Gotta shave that hairy uncle," and it's just like, <laughs> "Oh my god!" It's like they're like Wendy and Mabel are just trying so hard. It's like, "Oh my god, nothing's working." Is he trying to date someone named Lazy Susan? Yes, yeah. and That's her name awful. is Lazy yeah, Susan because of her of lazy eye. eye. And, and also, also lazy... lazy Susans are a thing for serving. Food. Yep. Food. Yeah, yeah. Wow. That's so terrible. There's so many puns in there that weren't necessary. <laughs> Who's the audience for this? Us. Oh God. Uh, yeah. So interesting. Does anyone have any particular favorite moments from the show? Oh, I love the end. I guess it plays during the credits of Lazy Susan calling Grunkle Stan again because now she doesn't stop calling him. I just wanted to call and say good night, and the cats want to say good night. Say good night, cat number one i don't remember their names and then it just continues and and i'm watching it on my phone in the other room and i have someone go michelle what are you watching i'm, <laughs> like, I'm surprised you didn't get someone michelle who are you talking to <laughs> <laughs> oh it's just my sister that's a good one i uh i enjoyed uh, honestly i enjoyed seeing the uh manator society and what they uh what they value as manly yeah, there's just a lot of cool things that I'm like, yeah. This, and the fact that it was the man cave was their, their, the place that they all met up. I'm like, this is great. I love all of this. I, I did like the, uh, the multi-bear's just resignation. That, that was me. I'm like, I really like the multi-bear. I'm like, he, I, I get him. I get the multi-bear. <laughs> I really like... tired of this. I really like the, uh, the like, all right, before and after. I think we made things worse, guys, with Grunkle Stan, where he's just like, can I scratch my back now? So, do you guys want to know what the secret trivia from this episode is? I would love that. So, the cipher once decoded reads, Mr. And I'm going to say this wrong, Caesarian? Syrian? Will be out next week. Mr. Atbash will substitute. It's, uh, they're names of different codes. So, the cipher uses particular codes. So, it's telling you that they're using an Atbash code for next week's cipher. Mm. going forward they're swapping ciphers yeah all right so episode seven is double dipper the whole plot line of this is clones basically or like photocopies of people it's basically the plot of duplicity isn't it Mm -hmm. or multiplicity excuse me you know everyone who's seen multiplicity (laughs) that's pretty much any criterion class movie (laughs) actually i think it was the plot of felicity Mm. all right so the monster Carrie Russell is a treasure. The monster problem of the week for this episode is that Dipper uses a magic copy machine to copy himself so that he can better Chase crush Wendy. on Wendy. Yeah. Like that is really the accurate term. He wants to better crush on Wendy, not better pursue, not better like impress. Just I want a better crush. No, I want to follow this is... 22 step plan. To try and ask her to dance. Exactly. You guys, you're the ones who are supposed to show us through this series. The the monster problem of the week is that Dipper keeps getting in his own way. Boom! It's there uh, yeah. in the in the title. Yeah. I, I, I totally sympathize with Dipper here. I mean, he, he just totally underestimates how complicated it is to ask a girl that you like 
to dance. Yeah. Like, he only has 22 steps to uh-huh. his plan. Yep, that's a, that's a problem, Pete, but we'll get to that at some other time. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, he just keeps getting it. It's what Mabel says to him in the beginning of the episode. Just do it. Just try. Just go. Just pursue her. And instead of doing that, he comes up with this ridiculous plan. He's literally literally getting in his own way he's made so many of himself my favorite part though just to skip ahead is the fact that all those different dippers kind of work together for a long period of time much longer they're very genre aware like are we gonna turn against each other let's not do that instead let's do this and i I appreciate that they at least gave it a shot yeah the agreement not to turn against each other was my favorite moment yeah i feel like we see that frequently throughout the whole series though where it's like oh like we know that this is going to be what's expected. Let's not do that. But well, it happens at, anyway. <laughs> let's at least challenge those expectations in some way. It's a little I, fourth wally. My favorite yet most cringy moment is maybe Paper Jam Dipper. <laughs> For some reason, the character reminded of me of you, James. <laughs> oh, good. It's like um, um, Doodle Bob. He's like Doodle Bob. There's a lot of Doodle Bob in there, yeah. I like them trying to like keep track of each other. Like it's like that was. I like that scene. Where's number five? I do enjoy that. Yeah, Dipper is so meticulous that even his clones are like, all right, let's get some masking tape and start writing our, our numbers on our hats. They also like willfully adopt names just to make it easier to like, yes, I will be Dipper too. There's no, none of that no, conflict with Tyrone. Tyrone. Tyrone is the only one. You're right, Tyrone. But the other ones do have numbers and they're like, they acknowledge that like, no, it's only fair. This is the only way of helping Dipper Prime. And I'm like, what is happening? <laughs> Um, now, there's also actually a really important B-plot to this episode. This is my favorite B-plot, because this, this is the B-plot that introduces Mabel's friends and also arch-nemesis Pacifica Northwest, who, wow, a character in the Pacific Northwest from a famous family, and her name is Pacifica Northwest. Yeah, Oof. not all the money. Oh, yeah, it's all the money, but uh, we meet... Well, I mean, to be fair, I mean, Hirsch is creative in a lot of other ways. That's true, that's true. <laughs> Um, but we we meet Brenda and Candy, and Brenda is very loved deeply by me because she had that lizard on her. Aww. In which uh, Mabel's way of greeting her is, there's an animal on you! <laughs> which is definitely how I would greet anybody that just had, like, something with them. Like, yeah. if someone's holding a puppy, I will just go over to them. It is, without a doubt. Yeah. that's I. I it's shocking I never got kidnapped. Yeah, I was about to say, that's how you'll lure Michelle into a man. <laughs> what if someone is visibly ridden with lice? I was also going to say that, but I um, had enough. Look, there's a lot of animals on you. Power to that's, not. There, that's okay. It has to be, like, mammal, reptile... Mm. Fish? Semi-evolved. Yeah, fish I'd be okay with. Okay. Not, vertebrae. Yeah, vertebrae. All right, good. Not, not exoskeletals. Can I also say I love how Mabel is so kind and like, oh, friends are great, and like just just refusing to realize that Pacifica is kind of just vile. Yeah, so uh, we we said that Pacifica was like, you know, oh, not an original character. We joked around about that. But like, I think we call him back to what we had talked about earlier uh, there are some characters that you want to be tropes, yeah, so that you could play off those tropes. So, like, I mean, yeah, the popular mean girl who is also rich is like she could be from any number of cartoons and TV shows from the time or from now. And yeah, I, I don't know. I'm okay with that. I'm okay with like some. Poor, it's okay to not have every character be a strongly developed character, especially when as obnoxious as this one. Mm. So um, good on Mabel for having true friends 
And Pacifica Northwest, I hope we never see her again. So there's some fun trivia for this episode. Dippers 3 and 4 are uh, not in the group of Dippers Destroyed. Oh, interesting. Because they stole Robbie's bike. You're right. Bum, bum, bum. It's hinted- I'm sure that won't come up again. Well, it's the Pacific Northwest. It's going to rain. So <laughs> I'm sure they're gone. Hey, they could find shelter. Mm. It's shown that the date is June 15th, and June 15th is known to be Stan's birthday. Seuss even references it in the episode by going to Stan and saying, Mr. Pines, whose birthday is it again? And Stan replies, disgruntled, nobody, and walks away. Oh, what a weird reference. (gasps) He's Ray's father. Scott Menville, uh, who does Scrappy-Doo, is in this episode but does not receive a voice credit. Really? Good. Wow. I like Scrappy-Doo. Puppy power. No. Exactly. No. No. Why must you tread on my... I shut this down. It's not like he's the great gazoo. It's his second um, appearance uncredited as Nate, one of the teenager's friends, uh, one of Wendy's teenage friends. Oh, Um, cool. And it looks like in his next appearance he ends up being credited because he becomes reoccurring. There's that scene where it's like, I charged $15 to get out. And they're (laughs) trying to get out. What is that? This week's cryptogram does use the at-bash code, uh, and it says... Paper Jam Dipper says, and then a bunch of gobbledygook gibberish. <laughs> oh. Wow. That was really worth it, cryptogram people. Make us figure out a new cryptogram just so we could hear a nothing. Ugh, these better or, start paying off. Or is he speaking in a code we haven't deciphered yet? Damn it. Next episode, we have Irrational Treasure. So, What are we on, eight now? Yeah, this is episode eight. So this is pretty much the this is the colonial day, right? The pioneer, oh, the such a good prospector episode. day, mm. and oh, Stan man. is just in the car and they're driving to town and he sees a horse and carriage. And, no, 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 not today. Listen, I've had this experience in the past, so I am <laughs> Stan. Yeah, me too. I am Grunkle Stan, but like we're like a holiday that comes up at the same time every oh, year. I, I mean- forget. <laughs> I mean about the horse and carriages. Oh, well, wow. Very specific. <laughs> I All got right. trapped in Cape May once behind, like, you know how they have those fancy, the horse and carriage rides? Oh, yeah. my Lord. Oh, oh my God. You want to get the extended story on that for the Patreon. Um, but, yeah, it's like I've been in that situation where I'm like, oh, God, oh, something festive I hate. It's happening around me. There's no way around. But I love this episode. I absolutely love everything about our eighth and a half president of these United States, who I hope is a reoccurring character, and I also hope is an actual historical character. Because I want to look to see if there really could be. I think we could wedge in an eight and a half. It made me feel better about where America is today. That's how good this episode was. I was like, you know what? Maybe at some point, very soon, we're going to jump off a gorge and we're going to just change the history books. I don't care. That'd be cool. Yeah, it'd be nice. I'd be down for that. We don't need a 2020 election. We could do that instead, right? Exactly. So so essentially, the problem monster this week was the mystery, right? It was finding out what really, who was the real founder of the town. Yeah, it was, uh, well, I would say it's even Mabel, whether or not she should grow up. 
that's the that's the the monster problem, right? Because yeah. Mabel's all f- suddenly self conscious about being a little goofy, stupid kid. Because Pacifica who Mabel is has horrible. been totally because Pacifica is horrible, and there's peer pressure and what have you. But like she and her her wackiness is literally the only thing that solves any of these ridiculous mysteries. And I was gonna light this on fire. He was going to light it on fire. <laughs> I want to introduce a Mabel character to any role-playing game I ever do in the future. Just a Mabel character walk around when the, when the players are going to set fire to the bridge while they're on it. <laughs> then she will just aimlessly walk through. Like a, like a Peter Sellers character just you know walking through and, and making everything right as they're going wrong. So yeah, I think it's it, that might be the big problem. It's Can you hold on to your goofiness despite what everybody around you says. I think absolutely you can. I think that I am a true testament that you could never really truly grow up. That's dark. Yeah. <laughs> Darker know. than I intended. That but was right. definitely supposed to be uplifting, but it definitely no. was. Wow, all right. I, th- I thought I was. But apparently I was being really dark. Never mind. Well, the president <laughs> might give you a skeleton key. Or no, the presidential key, which yeah. opens all locks. Do, <laughs> do we have any other don't, favorite moments? Don't tell um, the current president about that. <laughs> yes. I like the part when with and I just I got a really old Doctor Who reference from it when he tries to use the key on just the wooden door. Yeah. I mean the wooden wall and it doesn't work and I'm just thinking of Christopher Eccleston as the doctor like it doesn't work on wood Yeah wood just... my old nemesis <laughs> Oh it's so good. Uh the fact that almost everyone in the town is involved in a vast conspiracy it, it seems as this episode it feels like it's just about the eighth and a half president but um i suspect it may be everything in this town is tied into some ridiculous conspiracy everything in this town is just ridiculous it, it's still legal to marry woodpeckers very legal well at least was in the time at which they were Im- mimicking no no i don't think so i think it's the guy the guy says he, it still is he made oh. a point of saying very legal <laughs> i don't want to know what very legal is but I think, there we go. Oh, Lord. I think my favorite thing is, uh, and I guess... Fertilica! Well, I guess it's a little sp- <laughs> spiteful of me, but I like how Mabel learns the the lesson and Dipper's still like, no, she's still horrible, and forces Pacifica to learn the secret oh, anyway. when, yeah, when he just, like... He, and, oh, he, and then, yeah, that's absolutely great when Dipper learns the actual lesson, like, wow, people really are underselling revenge. <laughs> <laughs> revenge is great. That felt awesome. Uh, do we want some fun uh, trivia? Please. There's a lot of good yeah. ones in this episode. Yeah. yeah. Um, so uh, in Legend of the Gobblewalker, uh, Stan says, wasn't Ben Franklin a woman? And uh, one of the documents that Mabel finds does in fact say Ben Franklin was a woman. Oh, that was a callback. I didn't yep. realize. I didn't, yeah. Um, one of the secret documents mentions a time-devouring baby, which uh, we'll get to. Oh, Dipper accepts his nickname, uh, the Mystery Twins, from that Seuss called them in The Headhunters. Really crazy bit of trivia. The line, George Washington was a jerk, is cut from all Asian airing networks. Huh. I don't know why. Because of the eighth and a half president. There's a thing. Um, the other things in the covered up document include Thomas Jefferson was actually just two kids in overcoats standing on each other's shoulders. The current and forever president of the United States is actually Santa Claus. Under the reign of Mr. Claus, America is not a democracy, but a jollyocracy. 
the mm-hmm. state in the statues in Mount Rushmore are actually gigantic presidential faced robots that will be called into action when America needs them most. An enormous evil time devouring baby. I mentioned that. Um, and the cryptogram from this episode reads E pluribus trembly. Oh, yeah, makes sense. Fine. So all that these is crypt- many trembly. Yeah. All these cryptograms so far are just like the weakest jokes that take so much effort to unravel. Uh, it's like it's basically the the end credit version of Pete. <laughs> Wait, that was meaner than I. <laughs> Damn it! My favorite part is the look on Pete's face. Is like yes, <laughs> there was delight. <laughs> there was like. <laughs> uh, next episode is the time traveler's pig. So this episode introduces a very beloved character by the name of Waddles. So oh God, Waddles is a character. <laughs> Waddles is a character. Well, he does have a lot of agency, I guess. So he has so much. Mm. This is another one of my favorite episodes. Yeah. These back to back, these two episodes this, are great. This yeah. might be my favorite episode. It's really good. Yeah, I love a time heist. It, just check out our Endgame episode where I'm like, I'm on all on board, and the more convoluted paradox producing frustrating getting in your own way kind of story there is the more i'm interested in it and this one with uh, dipper desperately trying not to mess up what would have otherwise been an okay date with wendy is perfect low stakes yet incredibly high stakes but like the thing is is did wendy really view it as a date no no of course not not. no so because if she did she would never have agreed to robbie asking her out in the end yeah, so. it, to, even the fact that it's even lower stakes than yeah. that like, is is great for me. The scene where they finally get it, like, you know, quote-unquote right, in which Dipper doesn't hit her in the face with a baseball, and she's like, oh, I came to the fair with the right guy, and I'm just like, this, this feels so forced. No, like, Wendy's not... I don't know. I, I didn't like it. I, I love the episode, though. Again, I, she's as cool as the plot monster debate. Yeah. I actually even missed when she said that or yeah. why. I guess because it was just it was too much time one travel. timeline yeah. that went right. The one that it didn't go yeah. right because Waddles got sold to Pacifica Northwest. Yeah, so the, the A plot is, you know, Dipper wants to impress Wendy. The B plot is Mabel wins a pig and... And plays poker with it. And you can't have one... With the other. It's either Mabel gets the pig or... Oh my god, it is the plot of Endgame. Yep, or yeah. Dipper. Or Dipper Waddles gets the is Tony Stark's soul. daughter. <laughs> <laughs> that is absolutely, screw all of you, that is the plot of Endgame. That is the reason why they can't have like the perfect ending. They're like, no, hold on. I'm not going to undo... The pig. Yeah, you can't undo the pig. You can't <laughs> undo the pig. That's what... <laughs> what? My brain! This episode also introduces... You just uh, called Tony Stark's daughter a pig? No, anyway. This episode also introduces one of my favorite reoccurring characters, Blandon, voiced by Justin Rowland, the creator of Rick and Morty. Oh, he's going to be reoccurring? Great. All that confused time-traveling moron. <laughs> I love how he's just so confused. Do you have any idea how many rules you just broke? I mean, seriously, I wasn't paying attention. <laughs> I like that part where it's like he has to take off his belt to, to go on the ride, and... It's like, guard it with your life. Seuss is like, oh, yeah, yeah, I'll guard it with Like a hawk. I'll be honest. I thought Seuss would have been in on it, right? When he was like, you have to take off the belt. I thought they were going to like, Seuss, they were going to like slip Seuss a five or something. No, but this no. is incredibly high stakes, incredibly low stakes. <laughs> it's just like, it was time travel and the fate of the universe, but also like, it's really about impressing or not really hurting 
a girl. Not not hitting a woman in the head with a baseball bat. But a baseball baseball. And then it's it, a lot easier to not hit a woman in the head with a baseball bat. <laughs> yeah, yeah don't swing. Speak it at for her. yourself. Cut that out of the podcast. Go. <laughs> at the end, uh, Dipper does learn the lesson that you know girls come and go, but you know his sister, his twin, is you know and I there love, forever. I love the whole like, oh, she'll be over this. Like, because we also this is so are, sad. Yeah, because we also are kind of in agreement with Dipper for a bit, like. Come on, Mabel. You're into like whatever for a, whatever at whatever time. Like you bedazzled your face. You'll be over it like by tomorrow. And Dipper needs to learn. Like we need to learn that no, this mattered a lot to her. And she's still gonna be like waddles, waddles. Like it's like oh no, crap. Here's my thing though. Wendy mattered a lot to Dipper. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but it's not like Wendy got ripped out of his life. Yeah, Wendy's still around. Also, like to be fair, Waddles and Mabel have a better relationship than. Dipper and Wendy. Do. I'm going to disagree here. Yeah. No, I, I'm with Al. But here's the thing: it's not that they have a better relationship. It's Dipper's a 12 year old crushing on a 15 year old, right? They still kind of have the same relationship. They even show it when Robbie falls into the hot water and his pants get tight. Both Dipper and Wendy share the same sort of level of relationship they've had up until this point, where they're both laughing and enjoying, you know, the fact that Robbie's pants shrunk. Mm-hmm. Right? They don't have an overly complex relationship. Dipper doesn't really lose anything. Yeah. That you know he didn't really gain anything. Yeah, I I think maybe and lose the extra anything. twist is that Dipper had to change reality to get what he wanted, and the cost of that was Mabel losing what she wanted. So I think maybe that's where it's a little like. We're probably putting more thought into this than anyone who made the cartoon yeah. did. But, yeah, that might be why I would make a distinction there. Pacifica was totally going to eat Waddles. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Because that's what he... 15 pounder, I guess how much he weighs. <laughs> oh, uh, 15 pounds. I didn't remember that that's how she won Waddles. And I, I, I laughed so hard. He's like, oh, old 15 poundy. <laughs> and yes, I am a witch. And 100%, I've run role-playing games where the clues are that. <laughs> just because I'm like, get through. I just just get through this. Yeah, I'm a 15 pounder. And we've never gotten that Never once. got it. Nope. Any other nope. favorite moments? There's so many. So many good things in this. What is that? The time baby. I, it is dealt with in the future. Oh, my I God. I can't even. Wow. What, uh, if you want to jump over to fun trivia, um, Blandon is in every episode that he appears in in the cr- end credits. Ah, if you go back curious. and you look, he his he is in every one of those shots. Yeah. So his punishment of having to collect all those collect uh, calculators and stuff. He's actually in the original episode. Actually wow. in the original episode. That's pretty he cool. Didn't have to go back. Um, when they're in the past, one of the pioneers exclaims "By Trembly," which is just uh. a throwback to the episode immediately before uh, the Time Baby. Obviously, there's nothing obvious about the Time Baby yet. There's, Please don't say that. <laughs> no, but I mean obvious as in like we just talked about him five times. Right, right, right. Um, oh. For those of you who have been watching the series, there's our first cameo of a character in it. Oh, yeah. Um, but it's a spoiler, so we won't talk about it on the oh, podcast. All right. That seems like we, we were just excluded from this podcast, Pete. Yeah. How do you do it? Uh, and the cryptogram for this episode reads, not H.G. Wells approved. Huh? Uh, because of time travel. All right, and lastly, we have episode 10, Fight Fighters. So we start out with our view of Seuss going to the arcade and talking about his childhood and how all the arcade games taught him everything growing up. 
And Seuss is so full of wisdom in his own way. Yeah. I love He's him. He's such a cute character. Yeah. So the monster problem for this week is Dipper and Robbie are going to have it out, and Dipper kind of has to... He, uh, struggle with his, you know, the fact that he's not that he's not a he's fighter. A, he's he's not a twelve-year-old that, that is being challenged to a fight by an actual grown teenager, and it's, it's dumb. It's just like, <laughs> what are you going to do? His cell phone. Well, so what? Like, like I'm just like, it's, Al has real problems with Robbie. I see. I, I just am yeah. sitting here and I'm like, dude, why are you? Why is your relationship, your self identity, your masculinity threatened by a child? Like, like, how fragile are you, dude? If Al were to have a heart attack right now, he would haunt a convenience store. <laughs> <laughs> Teenagers are garbage, Al. We've discussed this. I guess you're right. Um, yeah, I, it's interesting. It's, an, it's weird to have a rehash of uh, Dipper facing masculinity issues so quickly. But uh, it, it, it does not in a relatively unique way. I think the coolest thing about this episode is the, the animation style. Yeah. Like throwing in all those TD, 2D scroller fighting kind of graphics was really Street cool. Street Fighter. Let's say Street Fighter. Well, yeah, I was thinking King of Fighters. Huh. I know, wow. other, I know other fighting games. Yeah, but this is those are the two. really, really Street Fighter. Meh. A lot I mean, of Street do, Fighter. I do like that Robbie kind of just got ass kicked, so, you know. Uh, yeah, I feel bad because this episode is kind of a stinker for me. It, it again for a couple of reasons. Like Frank says, we're revisiting kind of the masculinity issue very quickly. We're, um, you know, as much as I enjoy the video game references, I feel like it's kind of thin, thinly veiled. Agreed. Um, it's got some fun stuff, but it's it's very surface level. Best part though is the B plot with Mabel and Grunkle Stan dealing with Grunkle Stan's uh, Fear of Heights. Yes. Specifically, Mabel's sweater game is on point. That that oath front of a sweater, fingers <laughs> crossed back of the sweater, mm. is one I need. <laughs> I, need that, I need that in hoodie form. I need it immediately. I, I'm going to get it. So good. So good. Oh, so good. Do we have any other favorite moments from this episode? Uh, I enjoy the B-plot a lot. I'm skipping ahead, but I like the whole Mabel's convinced that Stan is afraid of ladders or afraid of heights. (laughs) And there's a quote from the beginning of the episode where it's like, ladders kill more people than guns. And that's why we don't have ladders in this house. (laughs) And I forget what he said. But it's just like... A little poignant now, but all right. I like the the bit where uh, Dipper's like, can you stand still? This is as still as I can stand. Yeah, that was good. Yeah, that was pretty good. I, I don't think there's anything. Man, it's a shame that was the the best bit to me. But I love the B plot too. I think it was. I think it was, that sort of saves it. Um, my favorite bit is uh, Street Fighter. They've got the bonus round where they beat up the car, and the oh, yeah. guy when he's in the real world, and the rich spoiled kid gets his new car, and then he punches, you know, the Rumble animation. destroys the whole thing. It's it looks exactly like the thing in Street Fighter, and then he walks away, and it's like we could buy a new car, son. He's like, yeah, it's great to be rich. <laughs> And it's awful. Because it is. Hilarious. It really is great to it be really is. All the sprite and pixel work for this episode was done by Paul Robertson. He also was the lead uh, designer on all the game sprite work for the uh, Scott Pilgrim game. Oh, um, which you can't buy anymore. You can't. It, although it does look great, Yeah, that game. And this week's cryptogram reads, Sorry, Dipper, but your Wendy is in another castle. Uh. So how are we enjoying Gravity Falls so far? Good. I'm actually really enjoying my rewatch uh, more than I thought I was going to. Actually, I like it. This this these last five episodes made it a lot more interesting. This season is actually beginning to pick up steam. Show good. 
I'm just happy watching the show. <laughs> it's very enjoyable to me. It is. All right, everyone. Well, thank you for joining us for another Late to the Party rewatch of Gravity Falls. Hopefully you'll join us again next week and make sure to follow us online on Facebook and Twitter and to support us, subscribe to us on Patreon. Good night, everybody. Thanks, everyone, for listening. Please like and subscribe to us on your favorite podcatcher app. Join the discussion over on our Discord or Facebook fan club, and please support us on our Patreon. This has been a non-productive media presentation. Executive producer, Frank Hablaoui. This program and many others like it on the Non-Productive Network is distributed under a Creative Commons Attribution Non-Commercial No Derivatives License. Please share it, but ask before trying to change it or sell it. For more information, visit non-productive.com. Happens every once in a while. Ghosts, ghosts of truckers. <laughs> wow, we've heard, we've had that phrase probably I come know. through before. That was so scary. <laughs> oh, is this your first time? Yeah, and that's interesting. What's up, can homie? We, can we keep that in the podcast? <laughs> I think it's gonna go at the end. <laughs> um. <laughs>